Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards and It Could Happen Here, and uh, generally a guy who spends a lot of time bummed out about the state of the world. So in July of 2019, I traveled to northeastern Syria for a bit of a shot in the arm. And I got it when I discovered members of a feminist, anti-fascist, revolutionary project who are working to build a more equitable society. It's a crazy story, and you can hear it all on The Women's War. Our first episode drops on March 25th. Listen to The Women's War on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Crush. Hi, it's, it's me, Noel. Papa, good morning to us. I don't know what I'm doing. Yours is better. Mine is sort of a weird hybrid Scottish-Irish accent. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's early. Um, you know, Noel, when I read books to my daughter, I do accents almost all the time. No straight reads in my house. That's fair. It's fun. And... uh most of the time she's delighted, but about 30% of the time she yanks it out of my hand and goes, no, daddy, I, I want mommy to read. <laughs> read, read it regular. <laughs> and then I make fun of her and I scream and I slam the door and I go and pout in the closet. And that's how I'm, I'm teaching by example. Do you have a particular pouting closet that you, you use? <laughs> well, I do. I have one for the clothes, uh -huh. one for towels yes. and linens. One for? Linen closet and then the pouting closet. One for pouting. Yes. Yeah. It's next to the fainting couch. Very nice. <laughs> and the powder room. Yes. So, Noel, uh, I saw Mandy. Oh. Surprise. It's been, a, it's been a hot topic on the movie crushes. It's very polarizing, very divisive. And I have really come out strong for it. And there have been plenty of people that have come out strong against it. So let's see. Where do you fall? I fall in the middle. Ah, okay. Um, here's, here's my thing. Uh, college Chuck, 27, 28-year-old Chuck, yeah. would have been so fucking down right. with Mandy. Right. I get it. Yeah. When I, when I was watching it, I was sort of like, I get it. I've seen, you know, I get it. Uh -huh. um, and I liked a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I was like, I just don't know at this age if it really resonated me with me the same. Yeah, that's fair. That's you know? fair. That's fair. For me, it was just a crystallization of a lot of things that I did love in college age and continue to love and things like Space Odyssey and like Evil Dead and like all of these like, you know, Dead Alive, all of these gonzo yeah. schlocky things combined. Yeah, I mean, I used but to I, love that stuff. I also thought it was a very 
poetic kind of, you know, um, meditation on, like, death and, like, you know, sadness and suffering. Okay. That was kind of how I felt uh-huh. about it. And I also thought it was beautiful and, like, it was really, like, masterfully directed and sure. shot. And it was, like, every frame was Looked a amazing. picture, you know. It was crazy. So, I, I mean, it was yeah. batshit crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, trust me, I loved a lot of things about it. And again, this movie would have been so up my alley 20 years ago. Um, just didn't quite, and maybe it's also sometimes the the mood you're in on a particular day, especially with a movie like this, can uh, like a polarizing film can affect how you viewed it. But uh, it was good, you know. I I, I get it. <laughs> it's not like I, I don't want to see it again. Um, so that says a lot. And it also reminds me, as much as I've said I would have loved this movie 20 years ago, I also kind of remember like. When Natural Born Killers came out, mm-hmm. even when uh, – because that was when I was young. I was like, eh, I don't know, man. It's sort of just like a that adrenaline-fueled, drug-fueled, amped up, zero to 100. Right. Like uh, just crazy filmmaking. Like I didn't love it back then either. That's now that fair. I think about it. And now, I loved Natural Born Killers when I was younger. But like looking back, that movie is much more nihilistic in kind of like a gross kind of way. Mm-hmm. And like the themes are sort of problematic. And it really is kind of as much as Stone would be like, I was not trying to glorify this. I was trying to show yeah. how this can all spin out of control. I thought it kind of did glorify mass murder. Whereas this movie to me is much more of a fairy tale. Mandy is much more of like a fantasy kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. almost like a hero's journey. Oh, yeah. As though he's some sort of like psychedelic knight. I go using that word again, but it totally applies to this movie. So. <laughs> Was it meta too? <laughs> no. Uh, maybe, well, maybe a little because it definitely like took all of these <laughs> tropes and like kind of like it had these like title cards that were something you'd see on a fantasy novel, like a trash kind of fantasy I, dime I store novel. Cool. I enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, the Mandy character is always reading. She's doing these readings from these kind of schlocky fantasy books. Yeah. And the movie itself kind of becomes that thing. So, yes, it is a little bit meta, Chuck. <laughs> Everyone old just got legit sassy. <laughs> I turned, I cocked my head and everything. You did. No, I stand by it. I, 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 I did want to watch it again because I thought it was. I saw it. I've seen it twice yeah. on demand, and I saw it in the theater. Wow. And I'll tell you, seeing it in the theater, I think I told you about this. It was so cool because it got released originally like very limited theater run. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but then so many people like got into it on on demand. That they kind of like there became this groundswell in different cities to like have a theater release. So the Plaza did it, and here in Atlanta, and people had already seen it clearly kind of a bunch so it had these applause moments oh, where wow. everyone knew what was coming Interesting. and it became this really cult movie experience so in- instant cult instant classic. cult classic which is another thing that I thought was interesting the way they handled the promotion of it and sure stuff. wow that's the only way to handle yeah. that movie they, they did a good job yeah yeah do mm-hmm. I want to see Mandy again one day I don't know it's fair Chuck I mean I'm not gonna I'm, trying to I'm not gonna if... force it on you but I really do <laughs> it was one that was very it just hit me for some reason it hit like a lot of buttons for me in a really yeah. interesting way well, I mean, it definitely followed down some of the paths that Sam La- uh, Sam Lamy. What? Sam Raimi. Yeah. That sounds like a, a cut. That would exactly. A cut. <laughs> Sam Lamy more like. like no, it laid the it, it followed down the path that Sam Raimi had laid many years before for mm-hmm. sure, especially with the chainsaw stuff. Yep. Um and you know, I I get it. The big huge chainsaw, it's fun. It's super fun. Yeah. It, it, yeah. 
All right. I'm in the middle. And the music is cool. It's like this uh, – it's actually the last thing Johan Johansson did before he passed away. He was this uh, I pretty – he's a he's like – he did a lot of interesting kind of contemporary classical kind of uh, stuff for orchestra that's very droney and kind of ambient. But he's also done – like he did all the music for that movie Arrival. Um, oh, the, sure. Uh, what's that guy's name? Yeah. What's the, the director's name who's doing the new Dune and uh, Villeneuve? Yeah. yeah, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. 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 Um, but yeah, I think he actually was originally supposed to do Blade Runner, and then he got replaced by with the uh, music. Yeah, uh-huh. he, got, he got replaced by Zimmer, who did a fantastic job. Because that was Hans, ex- Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he passed away, and he did all the music for Mandy. So it's all this synth, big synth soundtrack stuff, yeah. and then also big metal guitars yeah. that were done by members of a band called Sun O. Oh yeah, yeah, I know uh, that band. Big kind of That's doom, who did it. doom metal band, yeah. So okay. really cool hybrid soundtrack. I liked it a lot. All right, Mandy, we're fairly split. I'm glad you saw it though, Chuck. Yeah, I'm glad you saw it. Yes, I am too. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we never force anone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. All right, Noel, we're going to do Mystery Haiku Theater with me. Oh, boy. Here's my, uh, here's my lappy. Let yeah, because me... I didn't have access. Bring this over. Let's do it. Uh, oh, boy, this is going to be fun. All right, so, we'll go yeah. through. Uh, I'm going to keep track. Okay. Even on my own. Even though we said this is not a uh, competition, I'm just going to see how I do. Uh, do. Do 20 tropes. <laughs> or uh, not tropes. 20 uh <laughs> Haikus. This one's fantastic. And make sure you read everyone's name. <laughs> yes. So you know this, this one, goes. yeah, of course. This one comes from Eilis, Eilis, because it's got a little. Ah, little... look at you with the names. Well, How's it, it feel? It, it feels <laughs> it's okay. I just want to give them their due. Eilis, Eilis. Uh-huh. Elise. <laughs> You're doing a great Chuck. <laughs> Phillips. Uh, okay. I almost read the name. I almost read the answer because, yeah. So here we go. But this is great. Her fridge malfunctions. It's true. This man has no dick. Food mascot explodes. Uh, Ghostbusters? Yes, sir. Okay. Ding, ding. That's a yes. Yeah. All right. Here comes one from Sarah Nagy. It's one G, so I'm going to think, I'm thinking it's Nagy. And you got to say Maggie. our old pal Sarah, because Sarah's been around. It's our old pal Sarah. Here we go. Oh, this one's great. Not dead yet. Knights that say knee, knee, but a scratch. That would be Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, good thing you got it, because in parentheses it said, you deserve to be spit upon if you don't know this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Strong feelings here. Okay, we got one from um, from Jeff Clark. Is he an old pal? He is now. No, he's dead to me. Okay, well, fair <laughs> enough. 
Let's see if you get his riddle correct. Uh, the longest night of my life, but in a good way. The longest night of my life, but in a good way? That's not, that's only half a haiku, Jeff. That that's, was it? That's seven, five. That's all right, Jeff, you're fired. <laughs> what was the movie? It was the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Jeff, we didn't mean to shame you. I mean, I, we're, we're, we're gonna, I'm going to choose to believe that the rest of the haiku just got cut off or that you accidentally posted it too early. Yeah, that's a haiku. Exactly. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Tim Garente uh, says this one. Travel through time, dude. Meet Socrates, Khan, and some babes. Past history class. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure yes. and or Bogus no, Journey. Exclusively the Excellent Adventure. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. This one's from Lisa Romano. Our old pal. Our old pal. A quiet place. Terror mutes the globe. Family values tested. Losses, gains, birth, death. Oh, shit. I fucked it well, up. Well, <laughs> I think it's a quiet place. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's too long for a haiku. That's my bad. Oh, excuse me, Chuck. <laughs> you get that one. Okay, here we go. Here's one from the Coops. Aaron Cooper. Mm. He's a good guy. I like Aaron. He is. Um, okay, let me not mess this up again. Murder, mystery, blackmail, multiple endings. The butler did it. Well, clue. Yeah. I know that because that's one of Coop's favorite movies. Yeah, it's a good – you know, I say that because I know a lot of people really love it, but I haven't seen it. I know, no. It's one of my infamous holes, Chuck. Uh, you I really, drive a car I really, through your it, holes. It's true. It's sort of like those redwood trees <laughs> yeah, in, that's in, in Big Sur, you know. <laughs> it's just like that. All right, this one's from Carrie V. McQuaid. Great name. I like McQuaid. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, oh, and this one is, is already a guess the movie. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I know what it is. I think. Oh, she, she doesn't even put she it? She doesn't give the answer, but oh. I think I know. And I think we'll, we'll – so this will be for both of us. Okay. Diamond Thieves – oh, sorry. Diamonds, Thieves, London, you apologize, Otto, because of the fish. Oh, well, fish called Wanda. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Uh, let's see. This one – ha, this is good. It was all a dream. Chuck is the proprietor. Where is his money? Yeah, I'll give you a clue. Chuck a is referring to you. Chuck is the proprietor. As in, it was your idea. Where is the money? That's right. Where's your money, Chuck? Where's your money? This is a movie? Yeah. I don't, I don't get know. it was all a dream. Maybe it was all a dream. I haven't seen it. All right, what? Sharknado. Oh. I don't get the it was all a dream, though, but... I don't either. Yeah. It's okay. All right. I didn't get it. It's okay. That was from Samantha Mathai. Mathai. M-A-T-T-H-A-I. She's an old friend. Old pal. <laughs> um, here we go. This one's from Vanessa Lopez. Absolute, She's definitely an old Absolute friend. old pal. Very old school sisk. She says. She says, I love this idea. Very old school sisk. Okay, great. Vinny's on the case. Murder in Alabama. But what is a ute? Vinny is on the case. Yeah, that's the, that's that's your big clue right there. And Ute, what is a Ute? Well, it's someone from Utah. No, no, no. Vinny, their murder in Alabama. I don't know. My cousin Vinny. Oh, Jesus. What is a Ute? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I Fred never Gwen. saw that all the way through. Fred Gwynn. He's the he's the judge. Yeah, he goes, yeah. He goes. What is a Ute? 
I never saw that all the way through. Yeah, no. It's pretty funny. That's one of my weird holes. I know. That's a weird one. Here we go. You got this one, buddy. This is from Kristen Kister. Uh, need girl with green eyes. Old Jack Burton always says Lopan is bad guy. Yeah, Lopan is bad guy if you're in Little China. It's true. Big trouble, everyone. That's what it is. Here we go. Hugh Jackman singing. Is there anything better? Oh, wait. Wolverine. Well, I mean... That's that's hard. He sang in two movies. That's true. So it's either Les Mis or it's that dumb circus movie. Excuse me? I love that dumb circus movie. <laughs> that got such bad reviews. You like it that? It was good, Chuck. Was it? Yes. The kids love it. P.T. Barnum? What's, what was it called? The, the, the Ringmaster? The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman? Should be he, called The Ringmaster. Here's the thing, Chuck. I read the reviews, too, going in. I wasn't into it. My kid was into it because the kids love it. It's one of these hot soundtracks like Glee or something. Oh, and yeah? And I thought it was great. You know, P.T. Barnum is a problematic character in general, uh, and there are some themes in the movie that aren't great, but it's a fun movie, and I thought it was good. All right. One more? Two more? Uh, we've done six, seven, eight, nine. Well, yeah, we don't have to do 20. That's too many. No, Let's okay. do like... Let's do three or four more. Let's do three or four more. Um, okay, let's see. I'm trying. Here we go. This is your favorite movie, Chuck. Jaws. There's too many clues. It's okay. These aren't meant to trick, but I'm no. still going to do it. This is just for you, Chuck. Frodo, Sam, elves, dwarves, <laughs> men, hobbits, <laughs> Gollum, wizard. One ring, they walk, a doom. They walk and walk and walk. I know. For... 80 hours of screen time. Three movies. Yeah, yeah. Lord of the Lord of the Flings. Lord of the Flings. <laughs> Lord of the Walking Shoes. That's great. That's All right. Great. Three more, Noel. Oh, and that was by Lillian Rolf. Um, okay. I, I think Vanessa's had enough. We can't keep giving her all the, the choice spots. Yeah, Vanessa. Stop Here, it. Here's one stop from, being good. Here's one from Jake Stubblefield. Jacob, that is. I, don't, oh, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to call him Jake, but I would ask permission if we met. No, you call him Stubbs. Aha, that's good. Okay. Here we go. Um, this one refers to a series of films. Okay. Space toys aren't that great. Cowgirls and horses are cool. Don't trust purple bears. I have no idea. That is the Toy Story trilogy. Mm. There's a fourth one coming out. That's what I've heard. Yeah. What does that, what does that make get, it? A, quad, a quadrilogy? That yeah. Is that a thing? Sure. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Here we go. From Oh, that was from Jason Hancock. No, that's not true. That was from... Stubbs. Oh, it was Stubbs. It was the Stubbs. Here's from one from William Angus. Angus, uh, he's is, a friend. Is the happening... Oh, it's the happening, but with less Mark Wahlberg, and plot makes more sense. That's This is tough. You'll never get it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you might get it. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's a recent uh I know, and revelation. I've heard people say... Yeah, it's, compare something to it's, the happening. It's uh, Birdbath, the movie. Oh, I didn't see that. Birdbath, Bird Birdbath, and beyond. <laughs> oh, Birdbath. What's it called? Bird Bird, Bird Box. Bird Box. <laughs> yeah, Bird Box. Uh, here we go. From Caroline Gaston. Yeah, she's old definitely pal. an old pal. Yeah, Rex Manning is here. Damn the man! Save the empire. Does anyone work? I don't know who Rex Manning is. He's like the pop star that everyone loves in this movie, or he's like a famous DJ or something. Liv Tyler's in it. Oh, Empire Records? That's the one. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Does anyone work? Yeah. I think they're talking about in the record store, right? Does yeah, anyone no work? Yeah, no one's ever heard of any work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Last one. How about that? Yeah. That sound good? Uh, here we go. Now, we've already done this one. 
Oh, no, we've done some of these. I guess we got to just remember. Uh, but I do remember that we did that one. Uh, let's see. Here we go. This Have you been good. deleting these as you go, Noel? No. Oh, God. What? You didn't tell me to do that. I'm sorry, That's Chuck. Right. I didn't know the... I know, I know, I know the, the, the score now. Here we go. Depressed puppeteer finds job opportunity in John Malkovich. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. No, being John Malkovich. That one's solid. All right. Yeah. That's fun. Here's your lappy toppy back. You were good. You were good. Put my feet up. I know it's true. Is that what it's like being you, know? It's kind of like that. Jeez. I do have to mark our mistakes and uh, make marks in the session for Ramsey so he knows uh, when we have different segments as well. Well, I can't believe you totally did not delete these. So now I'm just... It's okay, Chuck. I went... I did go down... Well, I skipped a few. That's right. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. deleting some of these now. I really fucked up. Toy Story Trilogy. Uh, Lord of the Rings. All right. I can clean this up later, everyone. Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Let's move on to the poll truth. Sci-fi dish. I made some movie polls up, some sci-fi movie polls last night, everybody. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see what everyone came up with. Uh, because some of these were provocative intentionally. I was trying to poke around and see if I could trigger some uh, sci-fi outrage. And uh, we'll go ahead and start it off with this one. Uh, biggest badass, Sarah Connor in T2 or Ellen Ripley in Aliens? Interesting. We got a one point one thousand votes. I would say uh, Sarah Connor because she's so grizzled in that one, man. When she's like in in the you know in the psych ward and she like swallows the the paper clip and she's stabs badass. the guy with bleach and then oh, I mean she is a, she's doing pull ups and she's all buff and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean she's pretty gnarly. I'm with you. I, I I would have to. I don't know, man. I might give that one a tie, but. Ellen Ripley won in decided fashion. Really? 67% to 33%. Oh, yeah, I, I can't. I, I mean, no, they're both pretty solid. T2 is more of my movie, though. So, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comments saying how hard this one was. Um, and Amy Crouch maybe says it best. If you had them go up against each other, Sarah Connor is going to win. Maybe so. Yeah, because she'll inject your ass with bleach. Well, if it's a fist fight... I mean, Ellen Ripley was uh, pretty good with a a robot uh, mech kind of thing. Mech yeah, forklift. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends on if weapons are involved. That's good, though. Both great movie badasses in the sci-fi realm. Uh, all right, here we go. Poll truth. Spaceship you'd most like to own, uh, the Millennium Falcon or Serenity. 1.2 thousand votes. Who do you think won? 
Oh, I'm sure the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, big time. Yeah. There's there's Firefly fans out there, though, but 72% to 28% the Falcon. And this is most like to own, not just like coolest ship or one I like in the movie. I don't know. Serenity might be a better ship, everybody. Think well, about I mean, that. Isn't, uh, isn't Millennium Falcon kind of even, he talks about it like it's sort of a piece of junk? Yeah. The rust bucket? Doesn't he say call it a rust bucket? Yeah, that that's that the whole up? thing. I yeah. mean, that ship is a character in and of itself. Uh, all right, Movie Crush, Poll, Truth, Sci-Fi Dish, 2001, A Space Odyssey, Genius or Boring? Or how about Geniusly Boring? <laughs> this was closer than I thought. 57% said Genius, 43% said Boring. Mm. Thousand votes. That's It's a slow film, and I, I get that people might be turned off by that. Casey and I are going to crush on that one soonish. Nice. Um, Pull Truth Sci-Fi Dish Kitschy old sci-fi Like Barbarella and Logan's Run Bring it on or no thanks I say bring it on I say bring it on mm-hmm. 67% said bring it on Yeah 33% Good. said no thanks Get out You gotta be in the right mood for that You do Have I told you that like There's this crazy cache Of old like 80s Early 80s trash movies On um, Amazon Prime Have you ever heard of a movie Called Death Stalker Mm, sounds familiar. It's but. like basically a TNA Conan the Barbarian ripoff. Like it's totally sign me up. And I bet there were a million. I mean, there were obviously like a million copycat type movies. Like oh, yeah. when there was one movie that did well, there would be a million type kind of Roger Cormany schlocky ripoffs. Right. There are dozens of those on Amazon Prime. If you guys want to take a blast to the past, uh, I recommend it highly. Their movie uh, selection is pretty great. It is. I will say, mm-hmm. like stuff like that, and then like really good classics. Yep. And also good solid like horror from the seventies. Yeah. Well, like really, really cool stuff on there. That's right. A little hard to search, though. You kind of got to know what you're looking for. Like they don't have them categorized very well. I don't like the yeah. Interface. You know what I've been watching lately, Noel, is there was a BBC show called Classic Albums mm. that um, takes one uh, record and spends an hour talking about the making of that record. Cool. Including every show has them in the studio at the board. Uh, doing the ISO tracks, which is one of my favorite yeah, that's things fine. Yeah, ever. For sure. It's like just to listen to the bass or the backing vocals. Uh-huh. And so we've been, I mean, it's such a good show. And we've been just pouring through this. Is it on BBC America? Do you have to have BBC America? Well, no, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, just type in classic albums. Very cool. All of them. Oh, that's a good rec. I'm we on We watched uh, Damn the Torpedoes last night, that's Tom awesome. Petty. Yeah. We watched uh, Rumors the other night with Fleetwood Mac and watched uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road the other night. It's really, that's really cool. Very cool. I'll check it out. Highly recommended. All right. Mini Crush, Pole Truth, Sci-Fi Dish. Uh, by the way, Robert Paulson uh, on that last one said, Logan's Run, Kitschy, Blasphemy. Um, I'll say it live like I say it on Facebook. Pipe down, Paulson. Pipe down, good sir. He's a uh, he's a location scout in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah, he, we've been in touch for many, many years. Cool. He always sends uh, cool emails about stuff he's working on. Uh, I should maybe one day I'll get Paulson on. It'd be cool to hear from a location scout. I want to know what goes into it. I think people have been enjoying these crew member episodes and learning about these jobs. It's kind of neat. Um, all right, here we go. Sci-fi poll truth. George Lucas, Noel, genius filmmaker or great ideas meh filmmaker. You know, what do you think? I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. <laughs> all right. Well, you're. This was a landslide. 74% of the people said, meh, filmmaker, great ideas. Yeah. 
26% is a genius filmmaker. Yeah, I don't think he's a genius filmmaker. Uh, well, didn't he do American Graffiti? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Is it great? No. Okay. It's good. Because I, I think I've said this before. Um, I don't think Star Wars movies, even the classic ones, are that good. Like, I think they they accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish, and they're sort of like these schmaltzy kind of space operas. But if you really, you know, just dissect them. Well, no, Star Wars is never going to be. They're not very good An movies. Oscar nominee for I mean, Best yeah, yeah. Picture. No, you know? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, sure. I, that's why I think it's like great idea, great execution for the zeitgeist to just hit this yeah. thing and just like explode Great world bending, Really, building. really good. Yeah. Sure. But not so much like a, an amazing film. No, he's he is not a great filmmaker. No. What about the the THX one? Have you seen that one? Yeah. It's okay? Yeah. I haven't seen it. He's not a great filmmaker. Got it. I'm okay. Just, it's just the thing. The people have spoken. Holly Fry will cut you. Will, will cut oh, us all. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to call on Paulson again because this is a pretty relevant comment here. Uh, Robert says, you got to want to make films to be a genius. When he was young, he had the desire. Uh, he says THX 1138 and American Graffiti were great. Once it became about money, blech. Very, very I agree. interesting comment. I there. agree. No, I think that's pretty spot on. Hmm. I feel bad about that post now. You got to be hungry, right? Like it feels like, I mean, some filmmakers like Villeneuve, for example, who's obviously getting buku bucks for making these big sci-fi epics that he's doing now. Mm-hmm. He still seems hungry. He still seems like he's making stuff mm-hmm. that he really is passionate about and mm-hmm. really wants to make. And the same with like a Terrence Malick or whatever, whatever you think about his work. Like he makes a movie when he wants to make a damn movie. Yeah. And it's for reasons of the heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Not of the of the wallet. Right, right. I wonder if George Lucas is that driven by the wallet, though. I mean, he has more money than God, even before these his second wave. I just think he's sort of an example of like one of these, like like a band that should have broken up. You know, they, they kind of broken they, up with themselves. They, they kind of became a shallow, hollow representation yeah. of their former greatness that maybe was an accident in the first place. Ooh. I would say Weezer is a great example of that. They've got wow. two records that are incredible: Blue Album and Pinkerton. Uh-huh. And then from then on, they have steadily sure. just become this kind of caricature of themselves. You know, yeah, and they should have just stopped. And preserve their legacy instead of trying so desperately to, like, be this thing. Hot know, take. I don't, it was a bit of a hot take. Pole Truth Sci-Fi Dish. Original Blade Runner. Narration helped me. Narration terrible. Which version has the narration? Is it the director's cut or is it in the original? No, the director's cut does not. That's right. He was that's forced right. to kind that's of go what, back that's and what I thought. this narration. That's what I thought. So this was really, really close, actually. Interesting. 53% said the narration helped. Forty-seven percent said terrible. So the narration is like Harrison Ford kind of talking to himself. Like, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Very sort of on the nose. A little bit narration. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's my deal. It, it's not like it that ruined the movie for me. It, it, it was okay, but I liked it better without. Kind of smacked of studio handholding. Yeah. Kind for of sure. like like saying, ah, these dummies won't understand what's going on unless we uh, walk them through it. Yeah. One step at a time. Um, we're going to stay with Blade Runner here with Blade Runner sequel. What was it? 2049? That's right. Loved it or meh, not bad. Uh, 62% loved it. 38% were just medium-like. Yeah, I loved it. And Wendy White liked it better than the original. I liked it better than the original. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I want to see it again. I've only seen that movie once. Yeah. I definitely got to check it out again. It's pretty cool. All right, Pull Truth Sci-Fi. Scariest antagonist 
alien or predator? Oh, that'd be alien by a long, by a mile. I yeah. Bet. There's not much scarier mm-hmm. antagonist in films. So good. Period. So good. Landslide winner, Noel. 84% said alien. Predator. I, I was not a fan of Predator. Well, it's just not. I, it was, it's I not that scary. It. It's an action movie. I don't even yeah. think of it as like a like a horror kind of suspense movie. I think You're it's right. much more of an action. Probably not even fair that I said that. I'm the asshole. Not at all, Chuck. You're a <laughs> wonderful guy. Pull truth sci-fi. Uh, better movies. And I think this is the last one, Noel. Better movies. Star Wars 2015 on or Star Trek 2009 on. So the new Star Trek's. Or the new Star Wars. What do you think won? I think Star Wars. Oh wait, the new Star Wars is in like the the two thousand fifteen the rebooty on. ones, like the, like the not the the prequels, but like the yeah, no prequels. Uh, shit, that's that's tough. That's close. It was close. I think Star Wars. Okay, is better. Yeah. 54% to 46% said Star Wars. Very close, though. That's very close. The Star Treks were fun, for sure. I only saw one of those, I think. I think there have been, like, three? I saw two. I, I saw think there's the... been three okay. since 2009, but I've only seen, I think, one, because I was never a Star Trek guy. Mm-hmm. But I saw the one, and uh, it was good. Yeah, the first one, right? Yeah. And then the second one was the one with Benedict Cumberbatch as... Uh, right, Khan, as, yeah. did, right? Did yeah, not yeah. see that That's one. That's right. I did not see that one. All right, Noel, we're going to finish up with uh, just a few questions here. Time is short, so we're going to do a few comment cards. Um, please rank the indie- – this is from Michael uh, Megri. Please rank the Indiana Jones movies in order from best to worst. Well, that's easy. You've got Raiders of the Lost Ark, clearly the best. You have, to me, uh, Last Crusade as the second best. I'm going to go with Temple of Doom as the third best. And then that garbage Crystal Skulls movie. I couldn't even finish that one, man. God, it was bad. I couldn't make it through. I tried. It was depressing. Yeah. It was so bad. It was like, how do you take this character in this franchise and muck it up so bad? I'm saying you got to be hungry. for God, it was Not not money hungry or franchise hungry. (sighs) There was just no heart in it. If it felt like it was trying to copy the magic of the other ones and it just just, just fell short. Oh, God. And you don't put... That guy in your movies. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf? No. Which one? Yes. Oh. But no, you don't put him in your movie. You don't put him in Indiana Jones. <laughs> God. You had a real beef with the LaBeouf. Everybody you got, knows you got, that. You got the, the LaBeouf beef. You don't put the LaBeouf beef. <laughs> I do have a LaBeouf beef. I have a LaBeouf. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty good in that Sia video where he's crawling around and stuff. That was pretty good. Oh boy! I don't know, man. He was in. Uh, I, I he's. I think he's not a. I don't, I don't know. think he's a bad actor. I just like he was such a. And maybe that was the character. He was just such a smarmy little yeah. prick in that. Well, movie. he was supposed to be a smarmy little prick, but yeah. it wasn't cute, right? Didn't it wasn't like cute, it. and you, there was no redemption to it at all. It was just no, kind of like, and just so much bad CGI, and swinging and around like, on vines. Yeah, like what? Man. Uh, come on, they would never have done that in the originals. No, there, there was, was no Spielberg. magic. Like, wh- I and mean, this is the thing. Like Indiana Jones, the real like it was meant to be like. Yeah, it was he was like flying by the seat of his pants and like, you know, always in danger, but he never like swung from vines in the jungle like a fucking orangutan. Like that was with that was outside of Indy's powers to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, or I mean the one time he did swing on a vine in Raiders, he like, you know, fell and came up short. That's what and... I'm saying. And it was one vine. It wasn't from vine to vine no, dancing I, I through the trees. I blocked that out from my memory yeah. even. Well, that's bad stuff. Boy. 
Um, Sorry, I know you need a minute here, Chuck. <laughs> Collect yourself. Uh, oh, this is good. This is uh, Movie Going 101. What is our Movie Going 101? Uh, that's from Kellum uh, Masakate. Mm-hmm. So, Noel, I like to sit, um, if I'm in the stadium seating, kind of standard, about yeah. midway up, further toward the back, though, For if it's the giant screen. Right. Uh, as close to the middle I can get as I can get without being next to someone. That's right. And if I'm in a smaller screen without stadium seating, I've gotten to where I go a bit closer now. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, we went and saw, me and my kid went and saw Captain Marvel, and it was the first proper IMAX I'd been to in a minute. Mm-hmm. So I kind of miscued a little bit, Chuck. Too I sort close. of booked the seat a little too close. It was still great. It didn't take away from the experience, but I could almost not quite see the bottom of the screen, uh, and I was seeing heads a little more than I would have liked. So the, yeah. the optimum seating, I think, for an IMAX would be in the upper tier, but not so far back, sort of middle of the upper tier, right? Okay. And I was back of the bottom tier, yeah, the, floor, yeah, yeah. the floor seats. A little too close. Um, so yeah, no, I like middle. So I get this. I'm a sound guy, so I like to have the the yeah. proper central sound position. So mm-hmm. you get the left and the right and the way everything moves around. Um, and I get, uh, I tend to get a small soda. Sometimes I like to get one of those uh, slushies oh, to share uh-huh. with the kid. You uh-huh, know, sure. those are fun. I did figure something out recently, Chuck. What's you can that? get a kid's snack pack at the movies and it's like six bucks and they always overload it with way too much popcorn so it ends up being enough anyway it's enough anyway it ends up being the same size as like the ten dollar medium and you get fruit snacks and a drink with it chuck that's a movie hack everyone Mm -hmm. i don't get much i usually sometimes if i have had nothing to eat i will get some popcorn because i do like popcorn in a movie um very very rarely will i fully indulge and do the popcorn with like the M&Ms but every now and then um, I'm not a big soda guy uh, maybe once or twice a year I might get a root beer with my popcorn and that's if I'm in just that big yeah. hey I'm going to the movies mode I like a cherry coke if I'm going to actually yeah. have a decadent soda I'm going to have a cherry coke yeah mine's a root beer Yeah, uh, from a fountain um, in a bottle I prefer the Fanta Orange or uh, Orange Crush uh huh yeah and I have like three of those a year. Very, very rare treat. But what I'll generally do, everyone, is uh, sneak in my bottle of water. And that's kind of all I need because I have a legendary tiny bladder. You ever sneak in booze? I don't want to be – nah. No? Not, nah. No? I'm not a big movie drinker. No? Not even at night? Do you going to a nighttime show? I don't go to nighttime shows. And if I do and I want a drink, I'll go to one where I can get a drink. That's fair. You know? Yeah. No. Because, again, I'll just – I'll be up being – you ever been to, like, the Nighthawk in Brooklyn before? No, what is that? It's a really, really cool indie kind of food movie theater where you can get, like, food and drinks and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah? It's, like, all – they do, like, We're all prints. Um, I kind of you know? want to say – well, I don't remember exactly, but you can look it up. There's only one. Um there might be two, but they but they they pretty exclusively show like prints of weird old movies. Like I saw Bad Lieutenant there oh, on geez. print, yeah. and it was like a very damaged looking print. So it felt like you were watching like a seventies movie, and I yeah. forgot that movie was like in the nineties. But it looks like the seventies because of the way New York looked right. in the time when it was shot. It yeah, still yeah. was very scummy dirty. and you know dirty New York. But yeah, if you're ever around there, I, I recommend oh, that's seeing in, uh, Williamsburg. Yeah, I thought it was maybe in Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah. it oh. seems like a Williams. Bergy type thing. I'll have to check that out. It's pretty cool. Uh, by the way, everyone, I'm going to plug a uh, live appearance. I'm, I am going to New York uh, 
to do a live show with We Knows Parenting from our network. My buddies, Peter and Beth, who have both been on this show. Beth Newell did uh, Bridget Jones' Diary. Peter McNerney did Hedwig and the Angry Inch. They do a parenting show called We Knows Parenting on our network. Uh, Peter is an old friend from my TV show, and I've gotten to know Beth uh, since then as well. They're both awesome. And I they asked me to come do We Knows Parenting Live April 23rd at Littlefields in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. And I immediately replied, yeah, sure, I'm all over that. So I'd love to see you guys. Come and see me. When is that again? April 23rd at Littlefields in Brooklyn, We Knows Parenting Live. Um, it'll be the best opportunity to come, like, talk to me. Yeah. Because it'll be a small venue, intimate. Intimate? <laughs> intimate. <laughs> intimate. You will be passing out mints. And uh, I'll be hanging out before and after and talking to folks. Emily's going to go with me, like, uh, let's Talk about kids. You know, I, um, I've been getting to go to New York pretty regularly now yeah. for some of the shows that I'm working on, and maybe I can uh, make that happen. Who knows? Hey. We'll see about that. It's just, funny. I just want to just to hang out. Just I to, looked to watch. about booking a movie crush live on the day before, and then I just said, nah. No, but we should do that, though. No, we totally will. It would be so fun, especially to do something like at Bell House or some, one, of the, one of the smaller venues I in think Brooklyn. Br- yeah, we should go to uh, – yeah, we'll get it together. I think we should. That'd be great. You and I can do it. Piggyback it on a on a work trip, even. Yeah, maybe what we'll do is do like a uh, the first half of the show can be like a mini crush style. Uh, you and I doing our thing, and then maybe I can bring someone out, and we can both sort of talk about a movie. That would be pretty fun. All three of us. I would love, love that. that. Uh, all right, let's just do a couple of more. Um, let me see here. Samantha uh, Begay, our old friend, says, "How did the people?" Who choose the movie's music get started in that field? That's a good question. I, I, I've wondered the same thing because I think I would uh, very much enjoy doing that. Yeah, spotting films and yeah, TV. Or, or just being like a, what do you call it, like a music supervisor. Yeah. You know, yeah. My friend uh, Brett, my best pal, who is now in the art department, he did this um, many, many years ago in L.A. when he first uh, moved out there, wanted to do this. And what he did, and I don't know, I'm sure there are many ways to – do this, but uh, he got a job at a small company called Daisy Music. It was these two women who did music supervision, and he he got a job in their office as like a whatever uh, kind of do everything guy, an assistant type. Um, uh, helped getting clearances and stuff like that. That's what he did there, but it was all in the aim of getting his foot in the door. In music supervision, um, like many things in L.A., there are uh, some departments a little easier to get into than others. I have a feeling music supervision is uh, locked down more than other uh, departments as far as being kind of tough to get into. But, uh, yeah, that's how he did it. I imagine that's the best way to do it. Just find companies that do that and try and get a job on the ground floor, you know, or do um, – Maybe if if you have the time and the wherewithal to do an indie film, that's it for not much money. That's right, or free. Yeah, volunteer your services, and what you're going to be doing is working with the director. You're going to be I call it spotting. That's what they call it when you watch a film and you spot it, as in place music in different spots. And then you're going to be doing a lot of a lot of legal and paperwork. You can be emailing and talking with uh, bands and record labels, and you're going to be working out deals. And uh, cutting financial deals and then working with legal to get that all squared away. So there's that side of it that's not the most fun. Mm -hmm. But that's all part of the – if you get to sit there and spot, that's the fun part. But then you also have to 
make it legit. I've gotten to do a decent amount of that for some of the series that we have worked on here at, at, um, at How Stuff Works. Yeah. Um, like with the Happy Face show, I found a, a band that was I was able to kind of like get use of their back catalog and then also kind of collaborate with them on doing some original music yeah, and exactly talking about the tone and various things like that. And a new show that we're working on, I'm, I, have, I was tasked with finding like kind of like a Motown band that was mm-hmm. more affordable than licensing Motown right. music, which is, again, it's also like a budgetary thing. Yeah, yeah. Because you watch a movie like uh, – Captain Marvel, when they obviously, you know, a huge yeah, line they item, they want. line item on that uh, budget is for like licensing these songs. They got yeah. like Nirvana and like you know all these you know huge hit makers. Um, but sometimes with these productions that we do, we got to find something that's a, an approximation of what we're looking for, yeah. but not the actual thing. And so that's a a skill as well when you you yeah. got to kind of make your budget work for you. So yeah, the other neat thing that happens sometimes when you don't have a lot of dough though is you can, I believe Greta Gerwig, uh, very famously in. Uh, I almost called it Bird Lady, Lady Bird. Um, I can't remember which song or which band, but it was one that she loved and was in love with and wrote this very famous musician. It's like, listen, I don't have much money. I'm doing this little movie, but this song really just will put it over the top. And you can do that sort of heartfelt plea to an artist. And and Elton John might be like, it's yours for a dollar, like because I believe in this and I believe in you and I believe in this use of this song. So that stuff happens. It's kind of cool. It's still like a part of the industry that is so heavily negotiated. You can get these really great deals as That's an right. indie filmmaker if if you appeal to someone's good nature. Well, it right also way. depends on who owns the rights and like the publishing well, rights. Well, yeah, there's two know? different sides yeah, of that coin. Yeah, there's publishing sure. in the other half. Because yep. the artist might say, like, I'll take a dollar. But now you got to go deal with fucking, you know, and they don't, universal music. <laughs> they don't care about creativity. They don't care about <laughs> no, your, they do not. your pet your, project. No, they, they just don't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, man. Uh, not many questions this week, but this is robust enough. Yeah. So we're going to shut it down for the day and go do our other jobs. We've got other stuff. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week. The Only Way is Through, a new podcast in partnership with iHeartRadio and Under Armour. Players, coaches, and athletes will share intimate and personal stories of performing at the highest level. This season, Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw is battling a losing record. Every game knowing you're supposed to win, that really weighs heavy on your shoulders, and I think I said at one point, wouldn't it be great to be the underdog again? My husband said, be careful what you wish for, and here we are. Listen to The Only Way is Through, available now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Richard Blaze, and I'm a chef and restaurateur who has judged or competed on nearly every cooking show. And now I've found a way to judge on a podcast. On my new podcast, Food Court with Richard Blaze, amazing guests bring their food arguments to my court, and I settle them once and for all. You think ranch is better than blue cheese? Prove it. You hate pineapple on pizza? Convince me. The first season of Food Court with Richard Blaze is up, and you can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.